Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tell me a story. Folklore and Irish tales with Eddie Lenehan. almost at St Bridget's Day and St Bridget as you know is the second saint of Ireland after St Patrick but the odd thing about it is that last year I tried to get a St Bridget's Day card to send to a friend of mine not a hope I couldn't get one and I found that very odd why if she's the second saint of Ireland Isn't she important today to people? Now, some people would say, yes, she is, because you'll see St. Bridget's crosses. But that's only one aspect of the saint, remember. It should be be something more public, you'd imagine. There's plenty of St. Patrick's Day cards. There's plenty of aspects of Patrick's Day. But if she is our second saint of Ireland, uh, the Irish Mary, as she was, Marin Rael, where is she gone? Why isn't she more obvious? St. Columkill, remember, was the third saint of Ireland. St. Patrick, St. Bridget, St. Columkill. St. Columkill, you could say, has almost disappeared. Bridget, we'll say, is maybe on the way out if her stories aren't remembered. And there are many, many, many of them about Murray Long Isle. Now, who was she? Where did she originate? Where is her place? Well, her place, of course, is uh, Kildare. 
the wrong town in Kildare. Many of the people who go shopping today at Kildare Village, eh, where they're lifted off by the green bus, as people know it today, they'll see the round town from them there. Well, that's where Kildare, Kildare's convent, Bridget's convent in Kildare, that great foundation of the 6th century, and not so far away, the Curragh of Kildare, which is the, the basis of one of those great stories about her. And that story was, well, first of all, her, her father, Luhuk. He was pestered by her. Oh, she was an awful girl. Pest, a pest entirely. Why? She was too generous. Always giving away stuff. Everything they had at home was given away by her, so the story goes. And eventually they said, we'll have to get rid of this girl. She's a God Almighty pest. I suppose a god loo pest because whether there was a god to them, well, it wasn't Christianity, it was probably loo. And eventually they said, right, who can we take her to? <laughs> that she give away something from them instead of us. And so the father decided he'd take her to the King of Leinster. <laughs> Shuttle her off that way. And so he did. Took her to the fort of the King of Leinster uh, in his chariot. He was an important man too, Luhuk. Well, he went anywhere, and when they came to the gate, he got out, left the charioteer there and herself. Uh, be careful, mind her, until I come back. Knocked at the gate. He was let in. Oh, he was welcomed, of course. He was a well-known man. And now, the custom at that time was no weapons in a king's fort. Because a row could be started, and many a row was started and finished in a place like that. And you know what finish meant? Death. And a death like that meant a feud that often went on for generations and generations. So the sword was left outside with the charioteer. Fine, expensive weapon. He went in to do his business and to ask, could she be uh, minded? <clears throat> so while he was inside, uh, a beggar man came the way because there were swarms of beggars in Ireland that time at every nobleman's gate looking for arms, please, your honour. And the beggar man saw the girl in the chariot parked outside, and of course over he came, please, please, please. Uh, you know the girl that was in it? She'd give anything she had, of course, to anyone who was there if she had it, and she hadn't. All that was there was her father's sword, and she handed it over. Look, she said, I have no money, but take that good man. <laughs> he did. He saw there was a gold hilt, silver, silver inlaid with better stuff, maybe. Thank you, thank you, my lady, and off he legged it as fast as he could. Father came out anywhere and saw what had happened. His grandson gone, oh, Lord Christ, he says, <laughs> Lord Lou, probably, as I say. And what did you do? What did you do? God, um, he was about to strike his daughter, but at that moment, above on the battlements, the King of Leinster's daughter was looking down at all of this, and she said, Stop! Stop! Don't touch her! And of course the father inside had this, the knives, and out he came and said, What's going on here? His daughter explained, Ah, 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 says the father, you should be proud, proud of a girl like that. She'll make many friends for you yet. Oh, it's a very easy to say that, says Luke. <laughs> very easy to say that, but God Almighty, we have nearly four bare walls at home. She has everything we have given away. <laughs> you, you take her and see? I will, said the King of Leinster, and he did. 
the father went home, probably relieved somebody, somebody else was taking the pressure off of him now. She stayed there anyway, as a servant girl, of course. She had to work her way. And a while after that, she was out tending a cow. That's what she was put doing, out tending a cow in a boreen nearby. And uh, this man came up to her. He was a lord of the place. The land had been leased out to him by the king. The king didn't manage his own land that time, naturally enough. He had leased out here, there, other ones. And the lord said, <laughs> jokingly to this girl, she was a fine-looking girl, uh, <clears throat> he says from his chariot, Tell me, uh, girl, how much land would your cloak cover? Huh? <laughs> oh, she said, uh, maybe as much as, as much as it would cover. Hmm? How much is that? <laughs> he was thought he was being funny. Well, do you want to see? She said. I do. I'd like to do that. And she put down her cloak on the ground, took it off, put it down, and the cloak started spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading, and there was your man in his chariot, uh, uh, and his mouth and his eyes, the same size, looking, gawking. Uh, but lucky for him, this old Kalach, uh, she came on the scene <laughs> and she looked up at him and she says, by the Lord, she says, ah, there won't be much rent paid in Ireland if that thing keeps spreading. <laughs> and immediately the clock stopped. And of course, from that day to this, the Cora of Kildare, that's where the Cora came from and that's why there's no rent paid on the Cora of Kildare to this very day. But wouldn't you know that there's someone spoil it? The British, the English... They're the ones who built the army barracks there. And there's rent paid on that. And of course, our own government is no better. When they took over, <laughs> they didn't demolish the barracks. <laughs> they kept it there. And there's rent paid on that to this very day. But sure, you know the Irish, won't they always imitate foreign customs? But she was a great woman. A mighty woman. A saint. And... It wasn't just that. She got the better of other saints too. She travelled the country with her white cow. Because remember, Bridget was always associated with animals, with crops, with growing. And that's the reason why February, the 1st of February, which is, remember, the growing season, the start of spring, Bridget is associated with the start of spring and all growing things. And with butter, making butter, churning butter in the old days. And when she travelled the countryside, of course, people respected her. They were expecting her. They were waiting for her. And she met, oh, in the early days especially, she met other saints. And there's some very funny stories about how she put other saints in their place. Now, we don't know whether she met St. Patrick. Some stories have it that she did. And she was well able for the great man. But when she travelled down to Kerry, she met St. Brendan, the navigator. The man who travelled the seven seas, and they say he went to Greenland and he went to America. And you know Kerry men now. When they get talking, they're not exactly behind the door about their exploits. <clears throat> Remember Tom Crean, the great famous Tom Crean? I tell you, uh, and a great man he was, and others like him. 
But all that started much earlier. It started in the time of St. Brendan, when he did travel the seas. And when he came back, of course he had the talk out of him, of the things he saw, and the great monsters in the sea, and the mountains of ice, and the crowds gathered around him for miles, even from County Cork, even though there was no County Cork at the time. But what we'd say, the people from the other side of the mountain... They came and their mouths opened, listening to this mighty man and the tales he had in his fine Kerry accent of the places over there and the mountains of water and their boats perched up on the top of the mountains and sliding down the other side of it and up again. And the freezing cold and the stars in the sky at night and monsters looking down on them and this and that and the whales that they met. No, he didn't call them whales. He called them oh, monsters of the deep. But Bridget was listening to all of this in the crowd and at last she pushed her way up. Very quiet woman, very quiet woman she was. And when he was catching his breath before he'd death again with more monsters... And more wonders. Uh, she said, Excuse me, my dear man, she said, but did you talk to any of these things that you saw in the ocean? Any of these strange people and any of these strange creatures? What do you mean, he says, talk to them? Wasn't it enough to see them? Oh no, she says. They were God's creatures too, as well as you and me and all of the people here. You should always talk to God's creature, she said. And she turned away and walked away. And Brendan scratched his head. And he said, no more. And he said to himself afterwards, he said, that woman, that woman, who was she? He made inquiries afterwards and he found out that Ah, she was the woman from Kildara. And he said, she's a woman that should be listened to. And after that he shut his mouth more and half the gab out of him, even though he had travelled those places and even though he had seen those great wonders. He kept quite quieter, not quite, but quieter about them. Quieter about them, because it's all very fine to... To say your say, but to say it in a quiet way, like Bridget did. She was an amazing woman. She passed the countryside, and the old people will tell you that, on Bridget's Eve, Lyle of the night before, though, Bridget's Eve, she'd pass the countryside, and old people would always leave out something for her, and her white cow. Her white cow always went with her. And they would leave out a piece of straw, hay for the cow, something for herself, a little piece of food, so that on her long journey around the country, bringing blessings to people, poor people and rich people, he didn't distinguish. If you were a person of good heart, and there are rich people of good heart as well as poor people, that you had her blessing. But... If you, the reason, the, the way you showed that was by leaving something on your windowsill for her, a little piece of food, or you could leave it inside, because remember in the old days nobody locked their door. It was a different Ireland than maybe today's Ireland, but 
but there are good people in Ireland yet today, even though the news we're hearing constantly, constantly, you think that the country has gone wallop entirely. It isn't. We hear the worst. Most people are still decent, good people in Ireland, and they'll do you a favour if they can. But, but Bridget, Bridget, walk the country to bring blessings to people, and they want to reward her for coming, and they'd leave a little piece of straw on the doorstep so when she'd kneel down to give the blessing to the house she'd have that bit of comfort because surely be to God it is a long walk even for a saint from one length of Ireland to the other north, south, east and west and there's plenty stories of people leaving a piece of cloth on the windowsill and that cloth when she'd bless it as she passed would be used in after times by people I've done it myself I've done it myself they'd leave that out as a protection for later times when our blessing would be on it against headaches and all kinds of aches of the head toothaches earaches headaches of all kinds and would it work Faith. Like all these things, if you have faith, perhaps, perhaps it's psychological, but I left it out on the windowsill one time and I kept it in a little box there. Uh, Broth Frida, they used to call it. And uh, they used to say, the old people, that it never, never lost its, not charm, but it never lost its power. Some people, when they'd be emigrating to America, they took that thing with them. And, of course, it had the double blessing, I suppose, of being a reminder of home and being a cure in the bad times. For poor people especially, because, remember, doctors were scarce at the time. It was like a touch of biddy early when you had no other recourse. You you took what recourse you had, which might be religious, you might call it superstition, you could call it what you like, but I tell you this, if you have a bad pain in your teeth, what'll you do? You'll do anything to get rid of it. And if it had the merit of being something to do with the saint, all the better, all the better. So Bridget's uh, Eve was... An evening of, of, for the old people at least, and for young people too, an evening of celebration. Now, you'd say, for the young people, how could it be for the young people? That was the evening that the Beady Boys went around, the Breed Yoga. And I remember them just barely, barely, they're gone now, because they were the very same as the Ranbys. They used to go around and they'd be collecting a bit of money for, for the, well, a biddy ball. In previous times, when it was older fellas or older girls that went around, they'd, be, they'd do a bit of dancing and they'd do a bit of singing. But instead of what used to be carried around for the ranbys, a, a bush with a so-called wren inside in it. In earlier times, a real wren did, but in later times, a mock wren in Bridget's Eve, uh, they used to go around with a doll hanging up on an old bit of a stick, uh, a doll, or 
if they hadn't at all, they'd stuff something with uh, you know, pieces of rags or whatever. And uh, they'd perform a dance and a bit of music and singing and whatever and collect whatever money they could and off they'd go then and have a dance with it later on and buy a bit of drink and they'd have on the proceeds of that. Much the same as the Ranbys, but the Beatty Boys and the Breed Yoga. I don't know, have I ever heard of that recently uh, or has it completely died out? But if it has died out, it's not died out for that long because I have spoken to old people who remember that and I barely, barely, barely remember it myself. Barely. So it's not gone, not gone that very long. I remember it in Kerry, of course, not in Clare. So it's, there was many customs, but uh, most of the customs to do with the, the Bridget's Day uh, were to do with agriculture because that's what she was. Uh, some of professional folklorists would tell you that uh, since her, the feast day was in the Celtic calendar in bulk, uh, her festival replaced the old Celtic festival of spring, the festival of Imbolc, was replaced by Bridget's festival uh, at the 1st of February. Uh, it was a festival of growth, agriculture, and that's why cows, milk, butter are so important at that time of year. Because nowadays we don't see that. Because you can go into a supermarket today, buy your pound of butter, and even to farmers today. Look, everything is mechanised. Uh, the milk is collected and it's impersonal. But there was a time when the ploughing had to be done and you were hoping that the weather would be right, that the, the ground wouldn't be frozen, which it very, very well might at this time of year, and people used to look around for signs of what will the weather be like from now on. Is the weather going to be wet, or is it going to be favourable, or is it going to be whatever? All of those things, see, life has changed, and that makes these feasts that were so indicative of so much one time less important now. And I would think that that's the reason why St. Bridget's Day has been, in so many aspects of it, neglected. It has, it has declined. Whereas St. Patrick's Day hasn't. Because, and you know why, a sad thing, it has developed into a drinking holiday. A huge drinking holiday. Bridget's Day was never like that, you see. Bridget's Day was an agricultural holiday. And early in the year, it, it, it doesn't lend itself to that kind of thing. Whereas Patrick's Day did, always. There was always the element of drinking in St. Patrick's Day, whereas St. Bridget's Day, no. Now, the other thing about St. Bridget's Day was that there are many blessed wells, holy wells, around the country dedicated to St. Bridget, right here in this parish where we are here now in Crosheen. There's a, there's a one, St. Bridget's Well, just a mile down the road. And it's, what would I say? It's indicative of that, that St. Bridget was a kind woman. You can see from the very well itself that Saint and the legend to do with that well that St. Bridget was a kind woman. 
and it fits into the general notion of what she was because uh, at that well there's a huge huge tree a sycamore tree it's you you cannot possibly put your hands around it it would take two people to put their hands their arms around that tree it's huge it's 80 feet high and that'll tell you the age of it now the legend about that well is that there was this blind beggar man and he was crippled to make it all worse the misfortune <laughs> and he heard that the cure at that well was that if you came to the well at night and did your round and usually the rounds at blessed wells is that you do uh, clockwise of course at all of the blessed wells you go follow the sun go clockwise and you do whatever number of rounds uh, say could be three decades of the rosary could be three rosaries it could be whatever uh, is specified at the well and often you come on a Thursday, Monday, Thursday, or it could be Thursday, Monday, Thursday. But in this particular one, you just come and stay overnight and say whatever prayers are to be said there. He did that. Now, the poor man was blind. He was crippled. And he stayed, said his prayers and stayed overnight. And in the morning, he could see. And moreover, he was cured of his... <laughs> crippledness if there is such a word he could walk and he had nothing to give he was a beggar man so all he did was he left his crutches at the well and one of those crutches took root and that's the tree you have there today it took root and uh, grew and there we have that huge huge tree there today now St Bridget was famous for curing diseases of various kinds including blindness deafness if she laid her hands on you and so there is an echo of that at that well and you'd ask yourself how could it possibly be that saint bridget who is the patroness of kildare and seemingly was born in county louth louth uh, in County Louth is very closely associated with her. How could she be down here? But of course she could, because look at Liscannor. Look at the, the St. Bridget's Well there in Liscannor, which is one of the most famous wells uh, dedicated to, to St. Bridget. And they used to come in from the Arden Islands to St. Bridget's Well there in Liscannor. And it's still famous. Well, well known in the west of Ireland, St. Bridget's Well of Liscannor. And there was a huge, huge uh, celebration day there. And no work used to be done in the parish when that festival of uh, St. Bridget's was, uh, the festival of that particular well was held, St. Bridget's Day. And the same was true in several other parishes all over Ireland when it was a St. Bridget's well that was involved. Now, there was very, very... Uh, not odd, but peculiar uh, things in some of those parishes. In some of them, no wheels would be turned. Down in South Kerry and in some parts of Cork, um, even dressmakers wouldn't make dresses on that day. They wouldn't work their sewing machines. Men wouldn't cycle on that day. They'd walk. 
all that has gone, you see, because when cars came in, but but you'll you'll be amazed to find, and I have found it in some of the places that I have collected stories that old people remembered those stories in their own time. The the customs still held out of respect for the saint, and pe modern people might say, "Come on, look, that is a load of." I don't care what is a load of. It showed respect, and it showed a long, long, long tradition coming down. And the older people would say that if you couldn't show respect for one day in the year, what kind of a person were you? Because one day is only one day and it's quickly gone like that. And they are the same people who would say to you that by working on a Sunday, you gain nothing. <laughs> Even for your own health. Be practical. You have six days of the week to work if you want to. But by working on the seventh day, you gain absolutely nothing. You're only making yourself old before your time. And, in fact, eventually, who'll have it? One of your own children will be the first to scatter it for you. So, take it easy. Take it easy. And a lot of the old customs were based on common, common sense. Younger people, uh, not even younger people, a lot of younger people are quite, quite wise. But more modern people who look only at the monetary value of a lot of things, uh, they don't see that older customs are for our own benefit. Everyone knows, of course, that uh, uh, Bridget loved nature in all its forms. She was the Irish uh, St. Francis. And... One of those forms was the weather itself. As I mentioned at the very start, you look out and you see the weather and the weather was judged and by St. Bridget's Day. But if it happens on this Bridget's Day and you're looking out and if the morning is frosty, well, get out quick, gather that frost off of the grass and put it in a little jar. Uh, it won't be frost when you put it in the jar because it'll melt quick and keep it and you'll have a cure for headache which will be 20 times more effective than any tablet or bottle that you can buy inside in any chemist shop but <clears throat> don't tell the chemist that I told you because they'll all want to patent it as quick as they can oh and by the way by the way uh, a small little thing just to finish with. Give the animals a little treat today because St. Bridget, she'll bless you for it. She's the woman that would have approved of such a thing herself because she always did it. She loved animals, just like St. Francis.
late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There's stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.